Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the US, the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Hey guys, in today's episode, we're speaking with Andrea Smith, a stress management coach for business owners. After some devastating and uprooting personal life events, Andrea learned the hard way how damaging stress can be. She wanted to create a toolkit to help people use less antidepressants and deal with stress better. In this episode, we'll discuss how to reframe your thinking from a negative mindset to a positive one. Also, Andrea provides practical tips on how to handle times of stress. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi, Andrea, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're really so good. good. And you are calling from quite far away. Do you want to tell our listeners where you are? So I live in Surrey in the UK. Beautiful. Just about 41 minutes train drive from London, yeah. Beautiful. Um, I hear it's a beautiful place. I've never actually been to Surrey. Do you it love it? Um, it's <laughs> it's where I live. They've done parts of the Caribbean and lots of movies. So it's quite r- rural, but you can get to a train station, get into London in 45 minutes to an hour. So it's not a big deal. Oh, that sounds perfect then. Um, so we want to know all about you. So h- tell us how you became the woman that you are today. So um, I was born and brought up in India. And um, I came to this country and um, married, actually, um, somebody from New Zealand. Ah. Um, But he was a British citizen as well. Um, So in um, about 14 years ago, um, uh, my ex-husband wanted to move to New Zealand. So I packed the gates up and, you know, moved all the way back out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And he left me there oh, <laughs> oh wow with the two children oh so, my goodness um, yes so my experiences was picking up the kids bring them back starting life from scratch so um with all of that I really found it very stressful all the old you know, growing up in India, not a very wealthy family, but always trying to strive to better myself, all came back. So I, I found it within myself to fight and to try to make my life work. I also, when I went out there and before when I was here in the UK, I was a registered nurse. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I wanted to find a way to... Um, work towards that stress, to work towards, you know, I was looking at books. And if you go to the GP in the UK, the, immediately they'll ask you to take any antidepressants or anti-anxiety yeah. medication. Mm. I don't have a problem with people taking them. Mm-hmm. But as a registered nurse, lots of people weren't really high doses. They weren't functioning effectively. Mm. I didn't want that to be my life. So I started research and look up how can I come out of the stressful situation mm-hmm. as a single mom, um, an Indian single mom in the UK with two children. I had no family mm-hmm. and it was hard. I was juggling two jobs, 
kids, you know, everything. And I didn't know how to cope. Mm, so yeah. I um, decided not to go the anti-anxiety tablet route or the pills route mm-hmm. and found, you know, different types of techniques and tips. And so I wanted to teach that to people. I wanted people to learn to cope effectively yeah. by taking back control of their lives. Yeah. So can I ask you, so when you got divorced, how old were you with it with you had and how old were your children? I was I was coming up to my 40th birthday. Okay. And my children were one was um four and a half and one was eight. Okay, mm-hmm. so they're still quite young. Were you working at the time or were you just, you know, staying no, home? No, when I came back to the UK, I had to start from scratch again. I was working wow. before I left to uh, go to New Zealand and I lost, I gave up my job and my home and everything. Wow, this that is a crazy story. Yeah, oh my gosh. So you you basically became, I mean, it's. I know that you're a registered nurse and you also have a master's in psychology. Did you have yes. that master's before your divorce? No. Wow. No, so you went not. back to school, got a master's, supported your children. Oh, I got another degree first. I got a degree in clinical hypnosis. I got my NLP master practitioner training. I got my cognitive behavior therapy. Wow. I just went out and studied. Yeah. Wow. wow. That is With insane. With working two jobs, though, and your children. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you're basically a superhero. So all this time, so you, you now help people who are chronically stressed. During this time when you're working two jobs, getting a degree, looking after two kids and trying to make a life, Oof. like, you must have been chronically stressed yourself. And you had to have been heartbroken. I mean, who, yeah. like, on a personal note, I mean... Yeah. Holy shit, you left this, you left your home country, gave up everything, traveled across the world all the way, and then it doesn't work out with your husband. It's just, no, there's um, the seven emotional months later, part. I packed yeah. my bag. Yeah, seven months later, I packed my bags and came back. So, mm. yeah. How did you feel at that time? Was How did you cope before? I was devastated. Yeah. I was devastated. I didn't know. So uh, he was, um, he had someone else. I didn't know mm. before he immigrated me out there. So with the children. So I was devastated. But you know what? I thought that I've got to do this and show my children yeah. that you cannot let life's adversities breed you down. Yeah, mm. and, absolutely. you know, he's still their father yeah. and he's still, you know, in their lives. But I had to pick myself up four or four and a half year old and an eight year old. Yeah. Wow. It is insane how strong single moms are. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it is so insane. It's like all of the stuff that you're feeling inside of you, putting that aside and just saying, nope, I've got to do this because I've got two kids and I've got to support them. And, you know, Mm. they've got to see me thrive. uh, Yes. And you, you did ask me how, how did I feel at that time? Yeah. I honestly, could tell you with tears in my eyes. Luckily, you can't see it. But it's like breaking, shattering a piece of glass. I had to put each bit back together. So yeah. I had to work so hard on myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And your self-worth and all of that stuff wrapped up in it. It's not just like the the survival stuff, right? It's like putting yourself together inside mm-hmm. and saying like, yes. hey, this person did a shit thing. <laughs> and that has nothing yes. to do with me. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's there's all of that stuff wrapped up into one at once. And do you feel like getting, um, getting your education and kind of focusing on changing your life maybe was a helpful in distracting you from the hard personal stuff that you were going through? 
it's also gave me a focus to walk, move forward. It yeah. also, now my children, one is, you know, 22 and the other one is nearly 20 this coming week. Wow. So it, it just gave me that focus that once they're gone, I will be able to do something that I love and I enjoy for myself yeah. and for other people. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you you were working two jobs. I'm guessing those jobs didn't, were they related at the time to what you do now or no? no? Okay. No, one was a nursing job and um, the, the, the other was, um, I was then, by then I studied enough to become a therapist. So I started working from home as a therapist to have a little home office. Yeah. And, um, you know, then I had the children who were only at school from nine to five, unfortunately, in the UK. So yeah. Nine to three, I meant. So, you know, I had to then go pick them up, drop them and do all sorts of things. So I, I, I managed. And it's amazing how you can pull something out of yourself and cope with it all and just not worry about it really too much. Mm. Yeah. Like it becomes the new normal. You, new normal yes. routine. Um, yes. So when, so how did you, okay, so you've got these degrees now, you know, you've, you have gone back to school and completed your certifications. Do you, and your postgraduate degree, which holy hell, postgraduate degree when your kids are little is really hard. Yeah. Um, I just completed mine <laughs> like last year. But so. That dissertation itself kills you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also being in your 30s, like I was in my 30s when I finished mine because I was a single mom in my 20s and, and didn't have time to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But even like when you're an, a mature student and you're trying to like work and go to school and all that stuff, it's really difficult. Um, yes. So once you got through all of that, how did you turn all of those things into your career? So um, like I said before, you know, I was working as a nurse in the hospital mm-hmm. and, um, you know, um, just to give you an example, at about 12 o'clock, we do the tablets you know, so I was walking down this and there was this young woman. She had just come in because she had a postnatal depression. She had a young child that she had to breastfeed. And the doctors were offering her antidepressants. And she looked at me and she said, I just don't want to take it. But I feel so terrible inside. Mm. So I thought that, you know, there's so many people out there, not only women, even men, and they're struggling and they don't know how to cope. If I, you know, develop some strategies or tips and techniques to help them learn how to face this adversity, imagine their lives that would change because I turned my life around. Yeah. So I wanted to help people turn their lives around, find a different way of being. She just couldn't imagine taking antidepressants while she was breastfeeding her baby. Yeah. Hmm. So th- th- what what was the plan then? So did you then like design a course or like a strategy? How how did that business then come to life? So I I I because of all my studying, I put together like a toolbox of techniques that I had. So I would see clients from one to one. And you know, when so the way I 
tell it is I've got a gate that comes on to my garden and to my home office. When they walk down the gate, their shoulders are hunched and they don't know how to be. When they walk out, held, their head is held high, they're mm. confident, they're proud of themselves, they feel motivated enough to walk out of there with what I've taught them. And what I teach them is not to be dependent on me, but what they can use in their everyday lives. Amazing. So that they can cope. So when that stressful episode comes at them, I'm not there. I see them once a week for yeah. six weeks. So they're then able to use those tips and techniques to cope with it. They use it in their everyday life and do whatever it takes for them to make sure that they get through the day and they're happier and they're healthier. And so it really worked with yeah. my clients. Awesome. So so here's the thing that I'd like to kind of touch on is we all talk about like, oh, I feel stressed today and like all of these kind of things. What actually is stress in the body? And how do you know if you have chronic stress to the point where it's making you ill? So stress, you know, if you look at the definition, it's like, emotional and physical tension. But what I define it as, that tenseness you feel in your tummy. And, you know, it could come from a, a, a thought or a situation or a challenging event or something. But it makes you feel frustrated, angry, nervous, you know, just really anxious. Mm -hmm. And it, your body's reacting to this. So uh, how do I know if I'm chronically stressed? So... We all need a certain amount of stress to motivate us to get out of bed, to go to work, to do, you know, whatever we need to do. Yeah. But when you feel, when you, you know when you're chronically stressed because you feel that that event has threatened you, threatened your, you emotionally, you are very, very anxious, you're frightened, you, your fears are overtaking you sometimes even you to get out of bed, mm -hmm. you, or you are very agitated, you're very angry, uh, you know, it's how you respond. And this, so 80% of all um, mental and physical illnesses are linked to stress because wow. this chronic stress does affect your immune system. You get very hyperactive. Mm -hmm. You are not doing things properly. You are not spending time with your partner or your husband or wife. Your children are, you know, you're being very mm -hmm. angry or grumpy at them. Mm -hmm. This can also lead to physical and emotional exhaustion. It can mm. damage your health and lead to burnout. Yeah. And I think, we've, oh, I don't know about you, but I've definitely experienced that burnout <laughs> feeling. And it is yeah. just awful. So which, to the point where you yeah. just feel like you just cannot think anymore. Right. And it's, it's hard to even know what to do next. And it's quite, quite difficult to get out of that hole. If someone has that feeling and they're a business owner and they've got burnout, what's an immediate thing that you would recommend that person to do? So I'm going to... Uh, tell you it's the way you build your resilience. So a lot of people will say uh, resilience is your bounce back ability, but I would say, uh, you know, Nat, and um, if you picture a tree and that tree has been thrown around through storms, through rain, but there's a flexible reed on one side of the tree. There's yeah. growth on one side of the tree. So whatever life challenges throws at you, you feel stressed you in your job or in your managing your life, mm. you 
have to be flexible enough to come back to the center. It is your capacity and resilience, you know, building a resilience will teach you that not to crack and not let to life's experiences let you stay bent. It is how you are flexible enough. So uh, how you cope with people uh, with that is you try and work on your positive outlook. You self-regulate yourself. You are motivating yourself. You build that optimism in yourself. Yeah. You 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 look for that sense of purpose, your why. Mm-hmm. You look at what how you're going to be able to focus better you right. know and your attention span you're incorporating many many tips and techniques into that so you can build your resilience so you'll be able to cope with that stressful job mm-hmm. you get some support from either a therapist or a friend or a family member there's loads of things that you can incorporate but you're building your resilience is the key thing Mm, and you yeah. can build your re- resilience through reframing. You can reframe that or, you you know, when you wake up in the morning, you think, oh, my God, I don't want to go to that stressful job. Or you can reframe it thinking, yes, that job is stressed, but at least I have a job because mm-hmm. of COVID-19. Lots of people don't. Right. So that's, that's something that um, my husband and I were talking about yesterday is when you have a feeling of, I don't know, like, you just feel like down about something like although it's you say oh you know you've got to have like a different perspective on it which I guess is what reframing is yeah. how does that actually work like what does that look like so I think you just gave an example so rather than like is it mentally telling yourself like you hear your inner monologue saying oh I really don't want to do this but then you have to catch yourself in that moment and say actually I know this is hard but you can do it you can get through it it's not as bad as you think is that is that how you reframe something is having like an inner conversation no no okay. so tell me normally people <laughs> at work people at work will say um you know oh um you have to work on your physical diet but what I would say is you need to work on your emotional diet and through reframing you can really do that okay so many people and companies always talk about oh you know physically you need to be healthy but it's how you choose your thoughts and your emotions on a daily basis okay so stress um what i call emotional stress is like an emotional virus that you catch you Mm -hmm. can be very anxious you can be angry you can be bitter do you know the heart institute in the uk have measured the stress that uh, puts on your heart and it, there's three meters away from you, you can measure that electrical energy. So you can see it and feel it. Sometimes even virtually, you can notice that that person is stressed. You can see it in their eyes, right. you know, through Zoom, or you can see it in their body language. Yeah. So how you manage that emotional diet and reframe it is is the best way that you can work. It's your mindset and your ability daily to reframe how you're thinking and feeling. But I guess that's my question is like, what does reframing actually mean? Like, what does that look like? What are the steps what, what you, you What are you doing yeah. to reframe something? Absolutely. Like, like yeah. what are you saying so, to yourself? So do you know that your negative mind chatter, I call it the black widow spider. So okay. it, it represents your inner critic. Mm-hmm. That me- negative mind chatter says I'm not good enough or I'm not good at work, or I'm not able to cope with this new challenge. 
So the art of reframing is a life skill. So I call it my three P's. Okay. Mm -hmm. The first P is take a breath and notice. How are you feeling today? What do I want to think and feel? Yeah. You know, am I able to pause and notice that I'm just saying that because I don't want to get out of bed because I was watching YouTube videos late last night and <laughs> I, I don't feel like going to work in the morning. Just how and what would you like to do? So my second P is pivot. Okay. So that black widow spider, you, you make friends with it. You, you know, you're negative my chatter. You should say, I should not think that or feel that or he should not do that. Instead of doing that, you kill the spider. You tell your spider, I see that negative mind chatter, but I'm making a choice to ignore my negative mind chatter and respond in a positive manner. Mm. So I would go to bed earlier. I would get up, you know, get everything ready. So I'm going to work in a positive mindset and a positive manner. And on the weekend, I will lie in bed. I'll get as much rest as possible. And about two, three times a week, I'll even try and get some exercise. And even if it's walking around, you know, the block, mm -hmm. because if you're working late. And my third P, I call it practice purpose. So it's remembering that you are special. Mm -hmm. You have a unique essence. You will shine. But if you should not try and go into that darkest situation, you should, you know, if you need to learn a new skill at work, then you take the time out, talk to your boss and learn it. You know, choose that practice purpose, choose that positive mindset, choose what you're going to do so that you'll be able to turn your life around and reframe it all of the negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. I think that's so powerful. That's, that, that's the thing that I've sometimes find myself doing is like feeling, I don't know, like a bit overwhelmed, but then trying to really like be positive and, and motivate myself with with how I how I talk to myself and be kind. Like if something goes wrong, which sometimes well often it does in business, then rather than just beating yourself up about it, actually saying it's okay and like self soothing has been yeah. something that is really really necessary. You've got to soothe yourself the way you would soothe, soothe your best friend. Else. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny that so many of us, especially women, it's like we've got these amazing powers to nurture others, but then lack mm. the power to nurture ourselves in yeah. the same way. Like you'll give people advice, but then you don't follow your own advice. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Why but is that? Why do we find said... it so easy to do that? Like give others advice, but then not. Actually, just do it ourselves. I don't know. What's your perspective? Have you tried, have you, tried um, you know, recording advice that you would give a friend and then listening it back to yourself? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> and just like putting it, putting it on your phone. Maybe even change the, change oh the voice. Like use yeah. a little voice changer. <laughs> Be like, oh, Absolutely. That's, that's really smart advice. But you said you feel overwhelmed, didn't you, just now? And then you don't know how to come out of it. But have you asked yourself, why am I feeling overwhelmed? Mm. And when you answer that, when you get that answer, you can also say, what would I like to feel? So what am I going to do about it? Like pivoting from that negativity and yeah. just saying, what would I like? What can I do right now to make, you know, it's like run yourself a nice bath or, you know, put some candles or, you know, watch a funny movie just to pick yourself up and go, okay, now I can try to do something different. Mm -hmm. Make yourself some nice food. Mm, yeah. 
that's yeah I think that's that's just self-care isn't it it's just a nice treat yourself nicely like you would a best friend but people often struggle with that like how do you because I I feel like I have somewhat of an inner critic but I'm actually very very kind to myself sometimes probably a bit too kind to myself and like let things go (laughs) but like I know that my husband for as is a perfect example of this he has this inner voice that is so self-critical and he knows he's doing it but he finds it really hard to to actually stop and to step away like he he just it's like he catches himself doing it but then can't quite get over it yeah do you know what I find personally Mm. like I have a really I'm really really critical on myself until somebody tries to fuck with me yeah. And then I'm like, you yeah. have messed with the wrong yes. bitch. <laughs> yes. You know, like it's it's like until yeah. someone else like threatens you or challenges you, then you like re- kind of remember who you are. Yeah. And I'm like, well, but wait, that's not fair. You know, I'm yeah. this, this and this and I bring this to the table. But you're critical of yourself on a daily basis. I don't know. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Andrea? Is that normal? So uh, <laughs> do you remember just now you said about you, uh, your husband is very self-critical? Yeah. Have you thought of doing like a little scenario where you change roles? So he will be you and you will be him. Mm. And ah. then then you can start to be critical about yourself and he'll give you advice and no, you can't say that about yourself. You can't say this about yourself and say uh. you should record it and then play it back to him. And he will go, oh, oh okay. Oh, dear. Oh, my God, that <laughs> sounds like such a fun game. <laughs> that is yes. a fun game. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. I think that that's actually true because he, he is one of these people that's very good at giving advice, but then... Um, and he gives the right advice. He doesn't take it. And then I, I said yes. to him, even it was just yesterday, I was like, you, you know, you've said this to other people, but you, you're not doing it for yourself. And yeah. um, he does talk to me, which is great, because I feel a lot of men find it quite difficult to be open and vulnerable and talk about their emotions um, than, than women are. So I'm I'm very thankful that he at least expresses himself. But for yeah, anyone... But you can role play, can't you? Yeah. If you role play, just try idea. it out and test it out and have a look and see how it works. If, if you've got a partner or someone in your family or, you know, a, a son who is obviously struggling but is not talking about it and doesn't like to open up and feels like there's something holding them back there what is your advice to get them to start talking and and find help because I feel a lot of men resist the idea of going to see someone or get therapy or talk about their emotions for whatever reason it is what's your advice to help them well if if they find it difficult to talk to you Mm -hmm. then I would First of all, take them out of that situation. So take them out of the home, you know, go for a long drive, you know, treat them to something nice and then try um, and get them to open up and to tell, you know, and lots of times that really helps because mm-hmm. they then know that you're taking the time out. But if that doesn't work, then try and, you know, get them to talk to a friend. And um, recently a client came to me um, and the son was struggling and she booked the session and the end didn't come to me because she hadn't actually discussed it with her son. So obviously they, he, she, he was struggling to talk to her. Mm. So she then wanted to take charge. And lots of times the reason your child doesn't want to talk to you is because the parent wants to take charge of it. Right. So if she had just let him you know, relax into it and open that space up for him to speak, then he'd either book a session with the therapist or talk to 
one of the parents, like the father or the mother, but she obviously hadn't done that and opened that space up. She just tried to book a session and force him to do what she wanted him to do. So there's that difficulty there. Lots of times the child shuts down because of a reason mm. and there is a reason behind that. So it is, you know, that scenario, the child or the young person will need some professional help to open up to start with and then maybe they can go on and try and speak to the parents. But yeah. it, they would need some professional help. Yeah, I think that that is obviously that's the thing is that you don't want to be overbearing and like force someone into it. And there's the the adage of you you can't help someone unless they want to help themselves. Um, it's just quite difficult when you are the loved one who just desperately wants someone to do something about it, and then they don't. It's like how do, how do you coax them into that situation? How do you make it their decision? Well, you either then open that space up for them to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, or you, you know, watch a movie that you know they will relate to or send them an article or a video or something. Yeah. And then you will make them see that they do need to, it, it, the, 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 they, was, they are stuck, aren't they? They're, they're not opening up because they're stuck. So mm. they need to open up to something or somebody. But you have to also see your motivation from wanting that person to open up. Is it your perception or they feel all right? Yeah. You don't know that. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, so it is you want to help them because you feel they're stuck, but is it your feeling or is it their feeling? Yeah. If they feel they're stuck, uh, then they will come to you and say they're stuck yeah. or they will come to somebody in their family or their friends and tell them they're stuck. Yeah. But if you feel that, then you need to open the door and ask them and try and get them to relate to you and discuss that. And don't be overbearing. <laughs> <laughs> take charge. Keep yeah. her. Yeah. Let them take control. Yeah. So you've written a book called Fear Less, Live More. Can you tell us a little bit about that book and who it's for and, and why you decided to write it? So uh, the book, like I, like I said to you before, um, the book is because I couldn't find something that was easy to dip in and out of, you know, to use those tips and techniques in your daily life. And I thought if I wrote a book, but the way my book is structured is each chapter starts with my story, mm-hmm. starts with a metaphor to explain what's going on about the chapter. But then I also talk about my story. My story was when I was stuck in New Zealand or when I became a single mom or when I was struggling in another part of my life. And then I give a little bit of theory, but not too much, just to explain why that person feels the way they are. And then I talk about a case study. I will just give an example of how somebody is struggling with one of their issues and that same issue of the chapter and how you can actually come out of it. And I give lots of tips and techniques. I also open a space up in the book where they can write a little bit about how they're feeling, um, you know, ask them little pertinent questions, and then they add those little bits of how they're feeling or what they are. And then I end the chapter with a summary. I call it the Andrea's Learning Alerts so that Hmm. they can then look back. And so the book, in essence, is something that people can use every day. I feel very strongly that people use books as in either they will take a novel or a story format, but these self-help books, they find it really heavy and they never get 
to the end of the book. Yeah. So I wanted to write a book where they could open just a chapter in the middle of the book. It's not a continuation or a story. Mm-hmm. They can use that chapter for that issue they're struggling with. And it takes maybe five to seven minutes to read the whole chapter. And they can just look at the tips and techniques and use those strategies in their everyday life. And that's what I wanted the book for. Mm-hmm. Amazing. If someone wants to find it, where do they get the book? The, um, the book is available on Amazon because you guys are in Australia. So the, the, the book is available on Amazon and, um, you know, or the Kindle book. It's not very expensive, but what's it's just to help people get through those challenges. And it's just important for them to, um, you know, learn to live their life the best they can, stress-free, yeah. happier. And if someone wants, do you take on clients all over the world? We have a ton of listeners in the States and Australia and all over the place, really. We're actually like the number 12 podcast for entrepreneurship in Cambodia right now, weirdly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, huh, I've never been to Cambodia, but that's awesome. Um, Yes. So Um, how do people hire you? um, um, My website is called www.andreasmith.com. And people can just connect with me, send me an email, hello at andreasmith.com. And they can just connect with me either, even look me up on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Beautiful. Andrea Smith. That's about it. Yeah. It's easy to find me. Gorgeous. Well, thank you so much, Andrea. It has been amazing. Your story is incredible. And I'm so glad like inspired that you turned that situation into what you're doing today it's Mm. it's so amazing thank you so much Nat thank you so much and I'm so grateful um to be speaking to you but also what I'd really just want to say to you both is that I wanted to spread the word and if one person can be helped Mm -hmm. imagine how their family will feel if they feel better so Mm. that is my goal just to help you know, as many people as I can to try and feel stress-free and happier within themselves. That's a great mission to have. Beautiful. Well, you're doing just that. Yeah. You're doing just (laughs) that. Yes, thank you. All right. Well, we have connected on every platform, so keep in touch and we'll chat soon. Yes. Thank you so much, guys. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye This podcast was brought to you by Invoice to Go. We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere, at any location around the globe. We're helping close the gender-based pay gap. Because the current U.S. pay gap sits at around 19%, listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just enter the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.